This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Wednesday, it's October 4th, 2023, and today we're chilling out with you and your emails. Oh, and voicemails too. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, how are you doing? How are you doing, Sean? <laughs> what? That's a new way of intro. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Stephen. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. You know, I have to tell you, my sleeping pattern is shot to pieces. It Ooh. is a disaster. Got tense there for a moment. Yes. Well, what's going on? So you were awake basically all night last night. I woke up at one o'clock this morning, and between the hours of one and four, I set up my MacBook to what I thought was a fantastic thing. People were, were I think, concerned because I was tweeting <laughs> during the night i'll be honest i don't, thought they were all panicky. scheduled oh did you right yes. well yeah they weren't um <laughs> that was live <laughs> tweeting i was tweeting through the night i was sending messages to mastodon uh, i'd love the fact that on mastodon people are so reactive and um i got messages from people i had put up you know this is a test hello world and i get all these people going oh hello <laughs> everyone else what? saying i can't sleep either what are you testing? What is being tested here? Uh, my patience, that's what was being tested last <laughs> night. Uh, what I was doing was I was trying to find a way, because I'm not loving Buffer at the moment. Buffer is good, actually, on the phone. It's okay for, for sending stuff out if you want to share a link. It's actually perfect for can that. You, you can, can share you it straight to Buffer. Quickly explain what Buffer is. It's, it's uh, an app, and what you do is you, you use it to mm. schedule social media, Sean. Any social media, or specifically X or Mastodon? Well, in my case, X yes. and Mastodon. Oh, it's very clever. Okay, but, thank you. Uh, you can use it for other things. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that was very efficient of you. What's going on? I know. Have we yeah. switched roles? What's going on? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I was on Buffer trying to figure out how to do it on the Mac I was, or even on the PC. I was just like, please, is there a simple way to just send a message? You know, even even just tweet or or send something to Mastodon and for it to get picked up on the other network so that I don't have to continually post to both when I'm on the Mac. You know, you have to do it individually. Oh, it's you just, want to cross-post across I two want to cross post. social media platforms. Yeah, that sounds yeah, ideal. Yeah, yeah, I would like that too. Well, I found a solution. It took me three hours, but we got there, and um, Ira was involved. God love you, Ira. I, I really feel for the agent. Honestly, these poor people, they deserve the money they get. I've realised that they deserve all the money they get. They from love me. it. What are you talking about? Oh, we're yeah, great. I don't know if fun. this one was loving it. But uh, anyway, we, we got there in the end. So it basically involved a system called If This Then That. I-F-T-T-T-T-T-T. Oh, controversial. Okay. It, well, why? What's controversial about that? Well, because they went to a subscription model. A pay for use. Oh, what hasn't? Get over mm, it. All right. Everything's subscription these days. Okay. So... Yeah, so I, I, there I am. I saw you had to sign up for it. I was like, hang on, si- I had to sign up. Wait for this. I had to sign up so that I could post to Twitter. Not to post to Mastodon, to post to Twitter. That's when I had to sign up. So there you go. Oh, That's okay. interesting. Yes. Anyway, so I managed to set one up where when I post something to Mastodon, it will automatically post to Twitter. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am a hero. No, the wrong one. That one. <laughs> I think the first one was more appropriate. It was probably more accurate, yeah. (laughs) 
No, that's cool. It's always nice when you think, I'm going to solve this problem. And you yes. sit down and you do crack it. Can I say, it should be an easier way to do that, surely. I'm thinking back to the old days, old school, when it used to be MSN Messenger, ICQ. Mm-hmm. There used to be an app called Trillion, which would okay. basically give you access to all of these accounts. There must be something similar where one post to rule them all. Surely. Yes, the problem is that all these web services now, and they're all web-based, right? So that's your first problem. They often have these pop-up overlays that show up on the website. And your screen reader can find it, mm. but sometimes it sometimes. will just go right past it. Yes. And if it does, you may never find your way back. It's like missing the turn on the on the highway, right? Yeah. It's like, next, next, <laughs> next opportunity, 50 you know miles. I'm just going to turn around and start again. OF4. I'm just going to stop at the side of the road and cry. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to restart my computer and, and, and leave the building. Uh, and yeah, that was the problem. There was a couple of things. There was like one I found was uh, a shortcut on the Mac called uh, Twoot. Someone had built, but I think they must have taken it down, so that was no longer available. Oh. Um, so yeah, there was all this kind of stuff, and I, I thought I was even thinking of delving into the whole world of shortcuts. Thank you to Lena who got in touch and said there is a handy guide to using shortcuts. Oh, is there? Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll post that in the show notes so we can uh, have. Oh, a read I'm going to look at that definitely. I've been looking for a sort of. Uh, a guide, but in you know more targeted uh, accessibility because it does well, get Mark, confusing. I mean, accessible in the sense that I actually know what the heck people are talking about, right? Because oh, these well, things are different. often written in a foreign language to me. <laughs> I can't understand a word that it's talking about. But yeah, so it's been an interesting uh, night just trying to get through. Also, I did eventually get there with the IFTTT, which was good. Uh, so now if you see me posting, you'll know that it's coming through Mastodon. And then I found... On the Mac, one thing, the only shortcut I could actually get to work was a little shortcut which I'm able to add to the dock thanks to macOS Sonoma, where I can basically just have a post to Mastodon button on my desktop and it will just bring up the pop up. I type in, I hit enter, and off it goes. That's it. Oh, that's pretty cool. I've got to say, since I've been dipping my toe back into social media, I thought the x.com website, I'm not going to say Twitter. Stephen, we need to change. The x.com website is pretty easy. You know, I go there, I hit yeah. E, and it takes me directly to a text box where I type in, and bang, tab a few times and post. And from what I remember, when we were looking at Mastodon when we first signed up for it, that was fairly straightforward as well. And the same sort of, there's just the very, well, not the very first thing, but one of the most uh, uh, primary things on there was the text box for typing your toot. So I think the websites aren't bad. But again... You've got to duplicate it. I think there's a lot of fear-mongering going on around Twitter at the minute. A lot of people in our community who want to tell us, don't go near Twitter, you know, terrible place, evil, and all the rest. And yeah, okay, I'm not saying it's, it's heaven by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, what is social media, right? But I think when it comes to it, in terms of use case, in terms of ease of use, um, I'm not having many problems with X that, that some people may have predicted there to be and i think there's a little more what what i'm hearing are people who often criticize twitter who are never on there <laughs> they're never on there anymore but they'll mm. tell you that it's a terrible place and it's all inaccessible and it's no use to you actually it's fine and the web version i did a demo of it a while back if you remember you did? and and nothing's changed nothing has changed on there you still have all those keyboard commands moving around is is as simple as it was before the keyboard commands are the same i think it must be something universal they're using cuz facebook has it as well i think others do Yes. LinkedIn has it. So, you know, it's possible to easily navigate around and use these systems. And again, I will say this new 
macOS Sonoma add to dock feature, where it basically turns a website into a small app, is just fantastic for something like X. Yes. Brilliant for it. I'm going to have to look at that because I'm sure there's a, a feature like that built into the Chrome browser for Windows. I mean, obviously, you can create shortcuts in Windows, as in shortcuts to locations, be that local locations or URLs, because mm. I've got them set up for you know clean feed and whatever else. Um, so I wonder if you could do something similar in Chrome. I'm sure you can. Um, yeah, because that would be quite quite cool. You can do it. I mean, it is possible in Chrome. I, I do it actually with CleanFeed that we use. Uh, I have it set up as a as a de- and I had to do it on specifically for CleanFeed on Chrome because Chrome is the only browser it will support. Um, maybe on Edge it can and as Edge, well. I don't I'm know. using Edge. Yeah. Yes, but I um I, I don't I, it always comes up with an error on the Mac, you know, on on Safari. So it, I just don't bother. And if I want to have it as that web app essentially which is not the same it's not 100 the same it does open up weirdly the clean feed browser in a window which is great but then it also opens up a tab in the background for some bizarre reasons i don't know why it does that but it just sits there so obviously you can close it down and that's fine but it just seems a bit bizarre that it it opens up twice sort of two windows i don't know why um maybe that's a setting somewhere maybe i can muck around Probably. With that. i don't know can i but, just say yeah. sorry totally off topic and mm. luckily I was muted when it went off, but I'm really missing the mute switch on the iPhone. <laughs> I <don't know>. Yes, <laughs> now, I know. <laughs> it keeps making noises all the time. I just got a news flash alert from the BBC. Uh, I, say, I just want to flick the switch and shut it up. And uh, of course, I've set it to do something completely different. Uh, I want the mute switch back and the action button. I know, it is ridiculous, isn't it? It's just so... Um, it's, I've it's always so said, never need it. What's the point of that? Never need it. I know, it. and now it's like, please, can I have one? And there's talk as well. I love as soon as the 15 comes out, the rumours start about the 16. <laughs> it's like, you know, and I guarantee you, I, I can tell you, I think I may have mentioned this already, but I will say it again, you know, I can absolutely categorically tell you, breaking news today, the iPhone 16 will be the fastest iPhone they've ever made. Really? Like, I, I think it'll be the best They've oh, ever the made. Okay, so you're saying best. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. And um, okay. Look, we're going to get into your emails and voicemails today. I'm not going to lie. I'm tired, so I want you to do the talking, not you. Uh, I want your or wonder. No, I want our wonderful audience to do the talking today. Um, so funny. I've changed keyboards, and it's so weird because I had to change this. Oh, it's a long story. I had to change this Logitech G915. It's a hard life, and um, I moved to this because my MX keys wasn't working properly across oh. the virtual machines and the desktops oh. and all the rest. What a carry on. I'll, we'll talk about that another time. If you ever want to use a virtual machine, do you know what? Just don't. Don't do it. It's a waste of time and effort. What to do, though? Wow. <laughs> Just forget it. Breaking Just... news. <laughs> Don't get me when I'm annoyed. Uh, but honestly, uh, you know, just forget it. Get yourself, if you've got a decent computer, you can set up remote desktop on it. If you've got a pro version of Windows 11 license, you know, 11 Pro or whatever, you can enable remote desktop. I've been using remote desktop on the Mac, and it is so much better than trying to faff around with a virtual machine. I mean, obviously, it's a physical machine sitting there. Yeah, so the that's difference being thing. you do need a second machine, an actual machine. machine. But most people, well, I don't know, most people might. But most if you do people, have that, on. yeah, okay. But somebody might have a machine. And if you've got a Mac <laughs> and you want to connect to it, that's a way. Is this niche? I don't know. Maybe it's niche. I, I honestly don't know. I don't know what day it is anymore, <laughs> so need, I've given up. You need to have a nap. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
No, it's um, a good point because yeah. we were talking about virtual machines not long ago, especially with the release of the VOCR. Um, yeah, that's right. Which gave the Mac an accessible way to install. Was it Parallels that was for you were having issues with? Uh, it was Parallels. It still does have the issue. I mean, it's getting better. It feels, it feels like they get through like 10% of the menus. They make them accessible and then they just yeah. do it. Like, oh, we'll get the you other 90% some other time. I, I haven't got time for that. Either make no, it accessible do or I. don't. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> today we are going to get so many calls later <sighs> do you know i had a meeting with him today i actually blew the meeting off is that bad yes yes it is it's you bad can't... isn't it no one says no to mr f <laughs> have a cough today mr f <laughs> call you next week when my cough's away <laughs> smiley face okay <laughs> tomorrow i'll be on tv hey <laughs> good yeah, luck with that i'll get another call yeah i know that's the problem you do a, you do a tv show right you you it's great because your wife always knows where you are because she'll say, where are you? Although it's funny because she'll still call me in the middle of it and say, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm yes. on air. Hello. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's, that's bad well, just, Shall no, we get no, you to got, emails? You've got to be committed. You've got to look sickly on be TV yeah, tomorrow. Right. Okay. Um, Let's do emails. <laughs> right. We're going to put on some voicemails. I am going to go and get a coffee in between. So I am listening. But uh, here's one. The, the couple of emails we got in a couple of weeks back following the Matt Ata interview. I wanted to get to these. Uh, some of you responding to that interview we did with Matt Ater. It was a special two-parter that went out. And uh, this was one of the comments uh, from Dan uh, following those comments from Matt. Hi, Stephen. I enjoyed your two-part interview with Matt Ater. I thought that in yesterday's interview, he voided your questions about their approach to Braille displays. Matt said that more research is needed before they would develop a new product. What type of research does Freedom Scientific want to produce? Customers who buy Braille displays are choosing hybrid devices like the Mantis and Brilliant. They want to use the devices with their screen reader of choice and with iOS and Android phones. They also want Wi-Fi connectivity to services like Bookshare, NFB Newsline and the National Library Service for the Blind. They also want to read and edit documents with the devices. The standalone applications on the focus displays are primitive compared to the options available on humanware devices. I agree with you that many blind people prefer QWERTY input. I know several people who sold focus displays when the Mantis became available. I use both Braille and QWERTY keyboard input, depending on what task I want to accomplish. It's not an either-or situation. APH clearly stated that they found students weren't using their Braille displays with computers. They found that students preferred QWERTY input when using a computer. If Freedom Scientific wants to stay in the Braille market, they need to address quality control issues with their Braille cells. Stating that the focus displays work well with JAWS isn't a good enough reason to buy a Braille display. I use JAWS, NVDA and VoiceOver. My Brilliant and Mantis work well with these screen readers. I only use my focus display with TalkBack and my Apple Watch. We need everyone's perspective to continue a healthy discussion. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Dan. Hey, Sean and uh, Steve, I think. Sorry, I'm a relatively new person <laughs> listening to your show. I appreciated it. And Matt Ader is somebody who I've followed for a long time. I'm a old-time JAWS user since DOS. Oh, you know, you guys made me feel really old. But it's okay, because I am. Compared to you guys, I'm probably 20 years older than you guys. I know I don't sound like it, but I've never sounded like it. So I don't know what I'm going to do to fix that, but probably nothing. Anyway, what I was going to say is you're talking about 20 years in this business. I'm going, hmm, yeah, well, not bad, huh? I've been doing technical support since, uh, you know, 19, 
well, officially 1985. Before that, I was mostly doing my own support and trying to figure out how to make things work with Windows 3.1 and all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah, progress. It's great. I'm glad I don't have to edit INI files anymore. So, anyway, you guys take care and good to talk to you. Maybe sometime we could have a uh, discussion about that sort of thing. Anyway, it's nice to hear. I really do appreciate your your uh, banter. Sometimes you talk over each other, and I'm getting used to that, and that's all right. <laughs> have a good day. Thank you very much. You never told us your name, but thank you very much for that. And also thank you to Dan as well for the comments. Um, so, yeah, welcome along to you, to the program. But to Dan, uh, and I wanted to put those two together because they focused on on Matt uh, primarily. Um, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting question, and that's why I raised it with Matt about the subject of where focus sits in this line of, of new and developing Braille display technologies. and. You know, the Mantis seems like an outlier, I think, to a lot of these companies. It seems like an outlier. It seems like the odd one out a little bit. And it always has done. You know, all those types of devices have come come along and then disappeared. But I think there's a real question now about the value of using QWERTY versus the Perkins keyboard. And it's kind of the Mantis that started me down this road. I know there were other devices that did this before. And there were, was it the Apex was one from... If you remember a while back, I think that was the name of it. There was a QWERTY version of that, and there was one from Hims a while back as well. Maybe that was the Apex. I can't remember the brand name of it. But yeah, I know Hims did one. I know that uh, Humanware had one before. These were more, more note-takers, really, than they were de- you know, devices you would connect to others. Um, but it, I, would, I would imagine more people do want to use a QWERTY keyboard than a Perkins input with their, with their Windows or, or Mac computer. So I can see I, I can would see think why so. that would be the case. I would think so as well. But again, we've had this argument about, you know, Perkins versus QWERTY keys mm. before, didn't we? And there was some really interesting discussions about that. It also, I think there's another aspect to this. And what is the main usage for a Braille display? Is it as a interface for another device or is it a standalone thing? i.e. a, a normal note taker? What is the main use? Because it used to always be a note taker. Um, yeah. So is it, has, has it swapped now? Is it mainly for controlling or inputting on a secondary device? Is that its main focus or should be its main focus? Actually, as, as I don't use it enough, uh, I, I can't comment, but it's a, definitely an interesting conversation. I think, I think the purpose of Braille displays may have shifted somewhat. Yeah, uh, keep the conversation coming on this one. I, I think it's good for the companies to hear our take on this as well and, and your opinions. I mean, this conversation we've been having now for a few weeks, but I think it is starting to become more of a serious conversation in the, in the main about the, the role of these devices and therefore what these devices should offer. You know, is it simply a terminal that connects you to another device, so say a computer or a smartphone, or should it have more useful features built in? And it's kind of, I think I mentioned this yesterday, but we were talking about the Mantis Q40, and I was saying to you, I'm kind of holding on. It's a lot of money to spend to find out there's a new version that's just come out, right? Yes. So, and I know that could easily happen at any time, but you know, I feel I'm kind of waiting to see if anything does come out because I feel the next edition of the Mantis Q40, whenever that decides to appear, will have a lot more in it, and I hope audio is part of that. Has uh, because to be. The, well, yeah, I hope so because it makes it more useful as a standalone note taker. And you look at the, the competition, right? I mean, we haven't 
I'm, I'm reticent to say this. I'll get in trouble, <laughs> I'm sure. But Orbit have a great reputation of coming up with great concepts and ideas. I'm not entirely sure they're 100% right at getting it out there and making it functional for people. And, you know, the Orbit Speak feels yes. a little bit like a mythical beast again. Um, have you not got your hands on one yet, Stephen? I don't think anyone has. Oh, I've got one here. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. wait, I haven't. No. Uh, <laughs> yes, well, last time we spoke, it was... It was um, I can't remember what it was. Now. It was due... Uh, yeah, exactly. I thought we would have seen it by now. Again, that's never great. That's not a good sign, right? No. So, you know, mm. I think that, you know, there's a lot of work going on in the background, um, but it feels like it's not being realised, you know? And I think there's an opportunity for those companies, like Humanware and others, to really seize that. And I think it's about listening to us. I think, you know, the problem is often in a, in a school environment. Okay, forget workplace for a second. In fact, maybe that's, maybe that's an interesting point as well, actually. In education, you're only, you're giving pupils, students, technology to use, right? But you're dictating to some degree what that technology is. No one ever asked my opinion when I was at school about what I was using. No, no. one ever asked the question of what do I think about what I'm using or could I use it differently or would this be of any use to me at all? And, you know, the amount of products that passed through my hands over the years that just died because they just weren't interesting or they just weren't usable. Do you but think that's still the touted. case? Do you think students are still not being referenced um, whatsoever? I have no I idea. Probably Absolutely is. no idea. I think it probably is. I don't think kids are being asked the question. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, dear listener, but I don't think it is the case that kids are being asked questions. And I'll tell you this, I don't think it's the case with workplaces either because what happens is... It's purely transactional, right? So you go to your workplace. Okay, so I'm in the UK, so we'll talk from that perspective. In the UK, you have access to work. So that will give you funding towards technology should you need it. Um, and support for other things as well, like a support worker, taxi, travel, all that kind of thing. But you know, let's focus on the tech side. So you get, say, a Braille display, or you want a Braille display. You get given your Braille display. Um, and I should also add, if you're paying, if you're in a job, you're paying tax, therefore you're paying towards that. So it's not a freebie. You are paying mm -hmm. for it. You're yes. just paying through, through taxation. Um, so it's not a giveaway, just to be very clear on that. But the, um, the technology is, is then available to you through your employer, who will put some of the money in and then access to work will pick up the rest. And that's great. But what happens then? Do you ever contact the company back and say, what is this thing? Or why does it do this? Or why does it do that? Now, some people might and take that on as a personal thing, but there's no, pa there's no pathway for that. There's no conversation that's opened up between you and the company. To me, it's very transactional. It's just done. You've got your product. You get on with your life. And yeah. I think that's, and I don't know who's, I'm not saying that the companies are to blame for that because their job is to sell product. So fair enough. But well, where did, other than support, where yes. is the conversation with the community about the usefulness of these products? Are humanware, for example, and we should put this question to them, are humanware actively seeking out who's using the mantis? Or are they just going by sales figures? Because that's an interesting question, right? It because is. Because that yeah. determines... Because if you go by sales figures, look, everyone could buy it and then stick it on eBay the next day. So sales figures don't tell you everything. I'm not saying they're doing that, of course they're not, <laughs> but they could. People are scalping Braille displays now. <laughs> no, but, but look, let's be honest about it. There are products out there that do get bought, and there's a lot of particular products, particular branded visual impairment products that appear more wow. often than not on eBay or on you know, local sales sites or Facebook groups. You know, people saying, look, I've got this thing. It's not really for me. I'm oh, going to yeah. sell it. 
Yeah, that's no, what I mean. I, I'm not saying no. I'm not suggesting the scalping. I'm just saying that people, people are buying get... them, doubling the price and selling them on. No, okay, well, you no, can't I'm do you, that mate. with blinders products, right? Because if you did that, it would be ridiculous. <laughs> what twenty grand for this Braille display? Are you having a laugh? Um, no, no, you are absolutely it's, it's, right. It's, it's yeah. that problem of if you just go by the sales figures, you might be getting the wrong impression. You might think, oh, this product's really, really successful, but actually, you know, they're lying in a skip somewhere or lying in a drawer. And I just think that's the bit of it we need to to maybe be clearer on. How do we get that data? Is there a bit of hesitancy, blimey, hesitancy about <laughs> actually looking at those numbers? Because oh, I'm sure there is. <laughs> what's the, I mean, no, yeah, but from every side. I mean, if we knew the actual take-up, the usage of people using Braille displays, would it be shocking to us? Is it as much or as few as we think it is? Mm, that's a great question, actually. It's one of those questions I don't think anybody wants to know the answer to, but we kind of need to know the answer to move yeah, forward. We know how much of a necessity they are for some people. Some people, yeah. Braille, a Braille display is the only way they can access technology of any form or get work done. Yeah. Um, so they need to be there. But if we look into those numbers and it seems like it's a very small market, suddenly the price tags seem perfectly reasonable again, right? Well, I'm kind of thinking about it more from a more from the particular technology use case. So if the argument is by companies, like Matt Ater said, he doesn't feel there's a need for a QWERTY version of a focus display. And Dan clearly disagrees with that, right? He's saying, actually, yeah. there's, there's, the, well, there's anecdotal evidence as far as he's concerned, unless you have actual evidence, but I would imagine it's anecdotal evidence of people you've spoken to. I feel the same way. We've spoken to a lot of people anecdotally who say, yeah, I just, I just use the Braille display. I use my QWERTY keyboard and the, the, QWERTY, the keys in between just get ignored. So, you know, if that's true, if that is the majority case, there needs to be a conversation about that. Now, you could argue, well, human wear are listening to that, hence why the mantis exists. So, okay, there's that argument. But because it's only one product and the BIX line seems to be the one that's being sold more, now, I've no doubt it's a fantastic machine, but it has more function to it. So what are people buying it for? Are they buying it for the function or are they buying it for the keys? Because if the function is what they're after and you put those features into the mantis, then suddenly the mantis becomes more appealing to more people because it, ha- it is the whole package. This is why I'll yeah. be really intrigued to see what happens if and when we see the Optima Braille laptop next year. I think, I mean, although the price will be definitely challenging for a lot of people, I think that that is going to be a, a, an interesting development. I cannot wait to get hands-on with that because in my mm. mind, that is probably the perfect laptop for me anyway. You know, That's everything exact- in one. Exactly what I was just thinking about. I, I, going back to the argument that um, I've totally forgotten the name now when we spoke about that, um, talking about the diverging the two technologies and, and in education in Israel, about how, why would I want to learn a different way to do something when in, in mainstream life, in, in majority of the times, you're going to be using Windows and a QWERTY setup anyway, or a Mac and a QWERTY setup. So why why learn something else anyway. Well, this is... So I, I kind of takes earlier, me right? back there. Yeah, well, so that was Addy Kushner we were talking to from Addy, Access Addy, that's Mind. right. Yes, thank you. And Addy, he made such a valid point on this, something I hadn't really given much thought to, because I'm not in education myself anymore, thank goodness. Um, but also, you know, I don't have kids, so I'm not thinking about that. But it was interesting when he talked about the fact that children are learning often on Android devices. I mean, if you, if you take, for example, the human wear Braille Note Touch, right? 
if kids are getting access to that and they're, they're doing Google Classroom work on that, that is the device they're learning on. But that's not the device they're going to use in the workplace. They're going to use a Windows PC. You know, as much yes. as I'm a Mac person, I love Mac. Got to be real, right? People are using Windows PCs. They're still the number one machine in the workplace. Absolutely. And probably will be for many, many years to come. Despite all the advances, you know, these advances are slow to hit business. So you're talking at minimum 10 years of this being the status quo. And I'm sure it'll go on beyond that. So when you look at that, you think to yourself, okay, so, you know, we've got kids being brought up learning technology they're not going to use in the workplace. With the best will in the world, Chromebooks can do whatever they want. We're going to talk about Chrome tomorrow because, of course, Google event happening today. So we'll talk about Google's big event, and Chromebooks are part of that. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't care how many times you try and sell me a Chromebook. It is never going to replace the PC in the workplace. So why are we teaching children who we need to really learn important? I mean, we're talking blind kids here, right? So blind kids need to learn everything they have to learn, but they really need to learn Braille, and they really need to learn how to use a computer properly. So to me, you want to be using Windows and a Braille display. And combined, yeah. that's the optima. And that's why Addy's building this. That's why that is his dream to see this develop Absolutely. into a product. And it makes total sense, doesn't it? When he, The way he laid it out. By the way, that was a fantastic interview with Addy. I mm-hmm. really, really thought they did an amazing job and made so much sense. But absolutely. And look, even just using Windows or whatever they you use, it gives you the foundation to using a Chromebook or using Mac. You know, you get the ideas of how it works. Yes, they're different, but it gives you the ideas. Whereas using a, a Braille uh, display and, and concentrating on that as your main device does, it is different. It takes you to a totally new ecosystem. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting discussion. It does feel like it's shifted a little bit. There was a long time where I felt like Braille displays were just almost irrelevant. They seemed to go away. They were so expensive and they just went away. But now lots of people seem to be coming back to Braille, which is obviously a great thing, right? But then it brings up these discussions now. But what's happened is there's been a change because what was happening for many, many years, and there's lots of people listening who are who will be older than us, who will remember the days when, you know, you got what you were given and that was pretty much it. But you had nothing to compare it to. But no. those people are now seeing the capability of their Android and their iPhones. And they're seeing what is possible, right? So they're seeing, they're testing Android 14, they're using all the new features of iOS 17, they're playing with a Mac, they're playing with Windows. And then they get this Braille display at the box that costs more than all of it combined. And it's running Android 10 or 11, Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, running the fastest processor and it's kind of okay. And it's like, well, well, that's the best we can do. And I'm sorry, it just doesn't feel good enough, especially for the money that you're charging. Absolutely. This should and be that's cutting across edge. the board. Yeah. That's every company, I think. And and so the smart company is thinking ahead. It's thinking, we've got to build something which has actually got a bit of shelf life beyond the day it just arrives. Even then, I mean, sometimes you get these products, they're out of date a year earlier. Yes. Yeah. And so what good is that to people? Interesting conversation. We must move on. Uh, Stick around. We've got more to talk about. More of your emails coming up. This is Double Tap. Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now. On Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And on Mastodon at Double Tap. I thought we said we're letting the listeners do the talking today. I feel like I've talked more than anyone else. Um, Okay, (laughs) let's go to an email from Shazad. Hello, Sean, Stephen and Laura. 
I hope you're all fine. I listened to your show yesterday and you had an email from Greg in Pennsylvania saying about why some blind people can't use a smartphone. So I am replying back as this goes out to Stephen alone. I partly agree that there should be more training available for a blind individual who may be transitioning onto a smartphone device for the first time. But where I disagree with Stephen is that some smartphone products are heavy and can hurt a person's wrist, or they could get wrist stress injury, as well as those who have no feeling in their fingers to swipe around the glass surface of a smartphone, or anyone who has tremors due to Parkinson's disease or any other neurological problems. So, let us all have consideration towards each other from the blind community as life is hard enough for us without fighting each other on petty and insignificant issues. Stephen, keep up the excellent work in improving your health and also improving your braille contracted to learning. But you need to tell Sean that he also needs to go on a clean diet regime, as being 50 years old should give his body a wake-up call for him to cut down on junk food, as he is no longer a spring chicken anymore. Hey. From Shazad Bakari, Birmingham. <laughs> Thank you, Shazad. Now, just to be very clear on this, I know Shazad may have mentioned this before in a, in a voicemail. Uh, lots of you are sending in messages. Sometimes you're uh, sending in voicemails and emails roughly at the same time. So you're sending in the same message on both. And I appreciate that. And I know we don't play everything out instantly um, because you and I talk too much, Sean. Uh, but, you know, we <laughs> we will get to your messages, I promise. So if you have sent one in, uh, we have a big queue of them. So, you know, we will get to your emails, I promise you. But yeah, Shazad uh, picking up the point there that you need to lose weight. And uh, that, I, that's all I got from that, to be honest. That's all oh, I got did from you? that email. Oh, you, yeah, you yeah. missed the, the thing about... <laughs> using touchscreens and everything. Well, I think we said this, though. I think I made the point that, you know, I'm if you saying discount... I'm saying nothing. I don't want to upset. I, will, I know you, you've been in so much trouble. I know. Um, but no, I think, I think I've made this point clear, and if I haven't, I'll make it again very quickly, that, you know, I, I absolutely take on board the perspective of someone who has physical challenges. I get that. But I, so I'm kind of discounting that part of it because I think if you have if you've a physical reason why you can't use a touchscreen, that's it. That's that's fair enough. I get that. But for people who don't have the physical challenges, what's the reason you can't use a touchscreen? Other than just taking the time to learn it, that's my point. That that, that is ultimately it. Um. So we can debate. Oh. We can continue the debate. No, so I didn't say anything. Everyone. Yeah. Well done. Uh, market for care of Stephen. <laughs> Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Darren's been in touch. Hello, this is Darren from Bexley in Kent. Um, just a brief call regarding uh, voice recorders, or rather what could be the demise of the Olympus, a mainstream voice recorder with voice guidance. Um, I agree with you, Sean. I think I'll be surprised if Olympus do those voice recorders with voice guidance for much longer. In fact, I'll be very surprised if anyone makes voice recorders in the long term anyway. Um, the only ones I think that are going to be left are either the micro speak. You can use a stream, second or third gen, of course, to do your voice recordings. You can use a sense player and the milestone which is still available. And I think there's one called the Evo, which is also still available. But oh, yeah, yeah. I, I actually don't think there'll be any voice recorders at all in years to come, for whether it's blind or sighted. I just can't yeah. see much of a market for them anymore because more and more people are using their smartphones. Mm -hmm. I think that the long term is for having improved apps for the smartphone and better microphones. Um, and and the better recording facilities and more control and easier methods of getting to record getting to the recording button straight away, i.e. one button record. 
This is Darren saying bye for now. Until next time, thank you. Bye. Thank you, Darren. Yeah, I think it's a fair point, right? I think the dictation yep. devices are just disappearing. I think it's Aren't just, smartphones that's... terrible? I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, just they can do everything. Destroyed everything. But we were talking about this the other day, and it's kind of going back to the point about touchscreen versus physical buttons. Um, yep. About being in the real world and trying to get something done. When I'm at home and I'm going, oh, this is an amazing feature. You know, I can see how useful this would be outside. But in practical terms, when I'm outside and I can't hear it properly and it's not doing exactly where I what I think it should be doing, you get so frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> and you think, ah, you know what? I just want a, a, a button or something. So that's absolutely the case. And hence why I'm loving the action button on the iPhone 15 Pro and, and up. Um, but again, you know, you are paying for that, right? That's not on the SE, for example. Um but I don't know. I gotta say, when it comes to dictaphones, this has just popped into my head, so I may be completely wrong. I don't think the Apple Watch is a bad idea. No, it's not. No, you get uh, voice memos on there. Just press record, which is an excellent app, and still it's amazing. To be. I I love just press record, and again, a complication on the screen. It's not that difficult to actually use. I find the Apple Watch actually a little bit easier to use out and about. Um, and it does, you know, do a straight recording. The only reason I say that, I know it's expensive. Of course, I know it's expensive. But the prices of the Olympus dictaphones with voice guidance aren't exactly, you know, spare no, change either. You're paying up with $250 for those. Yeah, and an Apple Watch SE with the extra functionality above the voice memos. Um, yeah, but of course, I, th- I think as, as Darren said there as well, there are other options, maybe without the speech involved, where it's just a lot easier to use. A simple two or three button affair may be the answer. You know, I feel like calling up on uh, Negative Julian here because I think uh, he has the answer to this. I don't think he knows he has the answer to this, but oh, of I, course. Just, just based on the fact of what he's sent in before in terms of messages and what he said to us, I think you might have the answer to this one. And it is old tech, right? So old phones. So if you've got an old Android phone, and I have a few lying around, I've got an old Motorola that I love. Uh, I, I, I don't really use it for anything anymore, but I just love the phone. I love the way it works. You could use that as a dictaphone. You just have that set up and that's its role in life. You know, just sort of bring the old tech back is another option. Um, I will say, though, of course, you're loving the action button and everyone who's got the new iPhone 15 or 15 Pro or Pro Max is loving the action button. But, of course, us Ultra, Apple Watch Ultra users, have had it for for already a year. And you can set that to be a voice memo recorder. Um, So that's another cool way. Have you tried that? I have. And does it work the same way as in as soon as you press it, it starts recording and press again to stop recording? Yeah, you don't have to do that hold-in thing that you do on the the 15 Pro. You just just press it once and then press it again. And it'll start and stop the recording. You can use it for voice memos. You can use it for just press record. I even tried it with voice in a can, you know, the Lady A thing, but that Uh didn't work as well for me. It's a bit of a faff. A bit of a faff. That's the last thing you want. Well, you know, the problem is that what happens is voiceover talks all over it. So it's talking to Lady A and not you. So... That's not ideal. Yeah. I'm wondering if you can fix that with a um, per app setting or what do they call it? Activity setting under voiceover, where when this app is opened, then mute the speech. Um, I was playing once, with that last Once I night. get a decent night's sleep, I promise you I'll try it. Okay. But it's well, not going to be today. Uh, when okay. you're awake at 3 a.m., perhaps yeah. you can try it then. <laughs> I have to say, I get so much done through the night. It's amazing. But I don't get any sleep done. That's the editing. Uh, okay, let's hear from Bev, who got in touch. Hi, Stephen and Sean. 
Sean, how about a little bit of a pick-me-up after all the abuse that seems to come your way? I enjoy and benefit from your Sean in the Shed podcasts and hope you can continue expanding good information. These come under the Did You Know category. Did you know that many totally blind persons have a double problem? If you have to carry something, you always need a free hand for guiding. Thus, you are one-handed. Did you know that many totally blind persons suffer from dry eye? Where does that come from? We totals tend to stare at an object, such as our computer screen, to see what is on the screen. Staring is one of the causes of dry eye. I quite often have to stop myself from staring off into space as I use a remote keyboard with my computer on a table on my left. The word blind is an acronym. It stands for Begin Life in New Dimensions. Ain't that the truth? Oh. Even though you sometimes do get carried away with non-technical discussions from time to time, usually the discussion is interesting. Keep up the good work. (laughs) Bev in Canada. See, the, all you, I hear Beth. is the word usually. That's the only word I heard in there. Despite the pit me up, which I really appreciate. Thank you, Bev. <laughs> I still hear, yeah, sometimes you're really boring. <laughs> yeah. Talk a lot of nonsense, you guys. Ah, uh, Yeah. Well, I put my hands up. You're absolutely true. We get carried away. But you know what? The reason for that is because I feel really comfortable. This does feel like, you know, a talk amongst friends. I know that sounds cliched, but it does. I feel really comfortable talking on here. Uh, listen, sharing. Is, I love this hour of my day. I love it, as you well know. Um, it's, it's one of those things, right? I imagine, I know some friends of mine who do jobs they just hate, right? They just turn up every day and they hate them. Yeah. And um, I just, I'm so, it's so difficult when you have those friends, when they'll say to you, so how's your job going? And you just want it, you just dial it back. You're like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. You know, I love worry. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. But I'm not going to tell you that because you hate your life. Um, so, uh, yeah, where do, we, where do we start with that one, Sean? Um, no, that's very good. I, again, I appreciate the feedback on Sean of the Shed. Um, by the way, the new one is available for the new season. It was slightly late. I got the date wrong. Shazad, I apologise. I was saying it should have been out on the 15th. It did come out a little later because it was the start of season two but it is available now on youtube sorry this has turned into a plug uh check out sean of the shed on youtube s-h-a-u-n that's how you spell sean the proper way <laughs> yeah indeed um it's the only way to just uh, <laughs> correct frankly uh okay so uh we got this other email in which i think will also involve more plugging from you hi sean and Stephen. I'm not sure if i'm alone out here but while i love listening to you both speak as if everyone understands technology Perhaps you can recommend a podcast for newbies. I have trouble using Be My Eyes and Jaws, which are basic. I'm exhausted trying to learn new ways of doing things. I love your attitude and the positive vibes you send out. You always make me feel so cheery. From hot Arizona, Linda Temple. Thank you, Linda. And can I just say, I am so pleased you got in touch with that because I don't think enough time is given to to understand and recognise lots of people listening to this show who are not very techie, right? Who just don't consider themselves to be. I would say you are techie, actually, Linda, but I know you might not feel that way. And I've got to be honest, the more vision I've lost and the more time I spend with my computer, I feel less capable than I've ever felt mm. <laughs> in my life. Yeah. On a website, you're just like, where's the button that does the thing? <laughs> and you're visually trying to remember it. Of course, that doesn't work because it's either moved or it's changed. or And you have to remember so much when you're blind. It's, it's, no matter it's exhausting. It is. It's just so exhausting sometimes. And you're it trying is. to learn Jaws, Linda? Goodness me. Um, 
So yeah, I, I'm I'm totally with you on it. But I think you know I kind of joking around when I said you know there'll be more plugging involved. But I think Shaun of the Shed is the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Give it give it a try. I do try and start from a, a beginner point of view. But even then, it is difficult. It is really difficult to 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 go back to basics. At the start of Shaun of the Shed, I did cover everything from, you know, how do you use a computer when you can't see? For those people that have just lost vision or are losing vision and they just can't sort of understand how you can possibly do things with technology. And I, I do cover all that in the early days of Shaun of the Shed. But as you go on, you do naturally progress to, I would suppose, more technical things. But at, the, uh, but at the same time, you don't want to lose those people that are trying to follow you. So it is tricky. Um, it is difficult. And even in this show, you know, like we were talking at the beginning about Buffer, and I, I said, what is Buffer? Because yeah, you no, do. you're right to pick me up on it, yeah. Yeah, but, but we should do that for everything, right? But but you don't. Naturally, you don't. And um, we do, and we do try. We do try. But sometimes things just slip past. Yeah, of course they do, because we, we, we're so used to it. So, yeah, absolutely. We do always try and keep that in mind. But it is really difficult, but it's something I will definitely put my hands up to. But I think the exhausting thing that you're talking about, Linda, I am 100% with you on this. And, you know, it's, it's funny because you hear so many people who present shows like this who will try and tell you that they, not that they know everything, but they, no one wants to admit they're wrong anymore. So you, you hear people talk about technology and they say, oh, I didn't know this. And suddenly you're like, but, you know, they, mm. they'll pretend they knew and you're like, but you didn't know, you know, yeah. you're just finding this out now and you're kind of making it out like we all should know, but, but you, we don't, we can't know everything. And I was on a call just the other day, actually, and I was talking about the, the JAWS command I learned about, which was that, you know, the um, insert space, which opens up this, this JAWS layer of commands, this extra command. So every letter you type after that will yeah. create, you know, do different actions. And there's very simply insert space which activates the layer you hear a little noise and then you press f4 and that will restart uh, restart jaws and you know if you're having issues with jaws it's a great way just to get it restarted now lots of people probably know that but i had no idea and you yeah. know I, I, we've talked about this sometimes on the show where you mention these things and people go i didn't know that either yeah, and i feel no, we should always have a section on the show called i didn't know that because that's what <laughs> that's it's, it's like idea. we just didn't know you know and it's like that's okay not to know things and we can't know everything so you're not going to get that here, Linda. And if we do, if we do get off on our technical wonders, I do apologise uh, because we will occasionally do it. But um, we'll always try and bring it home. And I'm glad you're enjoying the show. I'm glad you're sticking with us. Um, it was a lovely email to get actually to uh, to pick to pick us up on on these Absolutely. issues, but also you know to to know you're there, which is great. And by the way, if anyone has any questions, uh, uh, that never feel like it's you know it, it's. I don't know what's the word. It's too easy, maybe, or it's not suitable for this show. If you've got a question, say, "Hey, how about a demo mm. of you know getting started with Be My Eyes or or whatever it may be?" I'm sure we've covered that before, but you know what? If we get an email asking for it, we will see what we can do. Definitely, there's never a thing where we all say, "Oh no, everybody knows that already," because people don't. But how many times have you and I had that conversation, and you've said, "Oh, that's obvious," and I'm like, "Yeah, to you, it is. Don't throw it under the bus. How dare you?" <laughs> Yes. But on the flip side, you've done the same with me. And I've said, ah, people know that. And you go, no, they don't. And, you know, that's yeah. the most valuable stuff because I think it's often, you know, the problem is you think about it, you don't get a manual anymore with this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm going to be speaking to Shelley Brisbane on Parallels soon. In fact, I think actually today I'm talking to her. And um, 
I'm going to be on the episode talking about the iPhone 15 Pro coming up on, on her podcast. And, you know, it, it's so interesting because Shelley writes a book every year about iOS, the latest update. iOS 17 book is coming out. It's called iOS Access for All, a super book. Yeah. Um, and when I bought it last year, I thought to myself, you know, I'm terrible for doing this. I buy these things and then I just get three pages in and I'm like, forget it. Yeah, sit in a folder on your yeah. desktop or wherever. And it, yes. and it's, it just feels good that I bought it, but I don't use it for anything. And um, and you can guarantee you read you read through it and you'll go, wow, I didn't know that. I did not know half this stuff, <laughs> yes. yes. Did not know half this stuff. And there's a lot of accessibility features that we don't necessarily go to because, look, if, you, if we're honest about it, most blind people probably go into the voiceover section and then that's where they live. They just go in there and muck around in there. But there's all those other features and there's things in there you could benefit from, like, I mean, AirPods with conversation boost and all this cool stuff that's going on in there. So much to, to play with. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, that aside, Linda, thank you. Uh, keep in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, let's go to Camille, who uh, got in touch regarding your issues with email. Sean mentioned that he is not happy with using Outlook due to its complexity. He also mentioned using Thunderbird in the past, only to have it crash many times. I am and have been using Thunderbird for as long as I can remember and never encountered it crashing. I'm running Windows 10 version 22H2. I recently updated Thunderbird to the latest available version and according to the release notes, it is now more accessible. Happy tapping and keep up the good work, Double Tap team. Camille. Thank you, Camille. Um, Well, yeah, let me put a caveat on that. I haven't used Thunderbird in many a year. Um, but that was the issue I was having. Um, Stephen actually gave me a little tour of Outlook the other day, and I find it far more understandable now. Well done, Stephen. Yeah, I know I said it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I do still hear people saying that they are struggling to find an email client. Um, so I, I'm not sure. Maybe it's time I, I tried Thunderbird again. Outlook is fine. I do find it a little bit overkill for what I need. I'm kind of pining for the Outlook Express days, I guess. I just yeah. think that was yeah. all that I needed. But I think also it does depend on the type of account you're using. If you use an exchange account maybe for work, maybe it can be a little bit more clunky and take a little bit more time. I'm not entirely sure. But thank you. I will check out Thunderbird again. Finally, to Glendon today and uh, his comments. Hi, all at Double Tap Central. Just listen to your episode about the Microsoft gentleman with the screen reader software for McDonald's app. I couldn't help but laugh when Sean began talking about our issue with feeling for cups and glasses as we creep along our desks, only to end up knocking them onto the floor, (laughs) often resulting in a path of broken china or glass. So true, isn't it? I consider myself cat-like and I'm very proud of my navigation skills, but they don't seem to help here. What I have found is that for some reason, the cup and glass manufacturers out there are more interested in making them top-heavy wider at the top, and light as a feather. Built in obsolescence, I guess. And there lieth the problem. I even put a Facebook post out to see if anyone could lead me towards a store that sells high-quality coffee mug that we used to be able to buy back in the olden days when we could get anything written on them. They were big and had a huge, comfortable, solid handle. They went straight up and down and could hold an entire bowl of soup. Lol. Awesome. The base was thick and heavy so that if it dropped on the floor, it would not break. Gosh, I still have one from 30 years ago that I put on a photo of me playing in my big band. Anyway, to slightly segue into another story, I called a friend who is going back to school in September and wanted to catch him for a movie before he disappeared for the semester. I invited him to Oppenheimer VIP showing in a nearby theatre. I had been listening to your show on the new voice description options and hadn't been to a movie in years. Oh, what a palaver. 
I met him at the mall and we had tremendous issues navigating to find the box office where we could buy tickets. Well, it appears there's no such thing as a box office anymore. The theatre had two or three floors and we were up and down in the elevator. It was all I could do not to make a scene around the rest of the posse we had collected along the way. Eventually, we got up to the third floor and went to the popcorn counter where there were a few people lined up and we had to wait. My friend became restless and wanted to get out of Dodge or go back downstairs and keep searching. However, I was done searching. I just wanted answers. We waited for the line to dissipate. I asked the cashier where I could buy my VIP tickets for Oppenheimer with my Access 2 March of the Dimes card that gets me and my guide in for the price of one. I can't tell you how pleased I was when she said, Oh, I can do that for you right here. I guess this is a case of popcorn and movie rather than the old movie and popcorn. Big smile. Anyway, we got to the movie and I set myself up with two big honking glasses of wine to get me through this three hour plus movie. (laughs) I got the headphones and the control to hold in my hand for the voice description and we awaited the start of the movie. I've got to say that the wine glasses were the best glasses for blind people I've ever experienced. They were tall, they were substantial, they had huge heavy base that didn't narrow at the top and were designed not to be knocked off the side table. Brilliant. If I recall correctly, the total for both glasses was $29. I was feeling no pain by the end of the movie. Big smile. (laughs) I have to say that I wasn't displeased with the voice description setup. It took a while to get used to and I had to keep one headphone half over my ear away from my friend so he couldn't hear the voice description and so that I could hear the movie outside. At the same time, I found that I had to ride the volume control constantly as the volume in the movies these days goes from extremely loud to extremely quiet. They like to show how impressive their bass woofer is and ability to shake the theatre with explosions or earthquake sounds. Deafening, isn't it? I was getting the impression that my friend was bothered by the voice description coming out of the headphones and hope it won't be my last movie. Big smile. I had forgotten your suggestion to bring my own headphones and will remember next time. On a Microsoft note, I was just listening to your Friday episode and have a couple of comments to make and thank your guest for his very helpful tip on navigating notes in Outlook with Windows 11 by turning the browser off and opening the note in Microsoft Word by clicking on the most recent document button. It appears that I am on the same page as you guys with regards to your use of Microsoft Windows 11 and the less than adequate scripting and ability to communicate with JAWS and NVDA when using Microsoft Teams and Outlook. I'm thankful that I have a Microsoft security expert who has been commissioned by them to research issues that blind people are having and to determine better possible solutions for navigation. We are learning a lot from each other and he has just found a good app to reprogram some keys on my laptop to be shortcuts for better navigation of Windows 11. By the way, Stephen, I totally agree with your dislike of the navigation ability of Outlook Mail and Teams in Windows 11. Outlook is so frustrating for me also. And no matter how many times I go back to the app, I still find myself scratching my head trying to find out how to get around and accomplish simple tasks like replying to this email. I'm sure it won't be long until Outlook has completely changed and that all my efforts will have been wasted. Nothing new for us blind folk. It's a constant fight between Apple updates and Microsoft third-party updates which create havoc with voiceover and other accessible platforms. My fear is that this is only going to get worse now with AI. Frankly, it's already started. I think there really should be one way of doing things for the blind that is kept off the grid from operating system updates that are designed for those that can see. Seems like that's not in the picture. Alluding to my last feedback that I sent you about sipping our margaritas with nothing to do in the future AI world because the robots and computers are more qualified to do everything. I don't believe the powers that be up top will need to worry about any uprising against the establishment since we will be so busy jumping through the hoops of fixing problems with our computers that there won't be any time to organise any uprisings. 
lol. <laughs> I could go on and on, but I will leave it there and conclude by saying bye for now to all of you faithful double tappers. And I will look forward to hearing more of your stupendous tips, tricks and hilarious banter. Tap tap from your Welsh storyteller, Glendon in Toronto. Thank you for that, Glendon. <laughs> what a way to end the show. Amazing. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, keep your feedback coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. 1877-803-4567. You are what makes this show. I Honestly, I really appreciate all your messages. I know you echo that too, Sean. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Uh, that's it for today. Uh, Google event coming up, so we can look forward to more toys. Uh, do we get sent these ones? Uh, is I want a Pixel a cool thing? Uh, eight. Are we on eight? Yes. I want no. a Pro. I want to try. A pro. I want a Pixel Watch Two. Oh, that's what someone's I want. got spoiled. Okay, I see how <laughs> it is now. Only the pros for us, please. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I, Apple sent us a Pro. Are you sending me a Pro, Google? Uh, okay, so we'll get to that tomorrow. We'll talk all about that. Uh, some uh, big announcements apparently in the Chromebook world. So we'll hear all about that uh, on tomorrow's Double Tap. Catch you then. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm off to bed. Night-night. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.